It is Locked on Jazz for the 1st of July, day one of the free agency frenzy, and the Jazz on hold? Delta, United, we got to change a flight. We need to make a change. Is anyone there? No? On hold still? You'll be on hold due to uncommon volume of calls for the next 24 hours. Royce O'Neal to Brooklyn. And did anyone in the West get better? We're talking about all of it coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube. And if you are new to the show, just found out about it, someone told you about it, thank you. And if you haven't told your five friends about the show, please do, because why would you want to spend 4th of July barbecue talking with jazz fans who don't listen to Locked on Jazz? That is serious. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to go get a drink. That, like, you get the conversation starts. You're at the 4th of July barbecue. Your neighbor who thinks they know everything about the jazz that doesn't listen to Locked on Jazz and you are like rolling your eyes like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this conversation. Right? Right. So make sure you tell your friends to listen to Locked on Jazz. All right, here's the latest. The Utah Jazz traded Royce O'Neal for a first-round draft pick, which in all likelihood will be Philadelphia's, in all likelihood will be in the late 20s. It is the worst of Brooklyn, uh, Houston, and Philadelphia. Let's go with Philadelphia for the time being. As the pick, we'll get into the show later. Why we did that? The J- the Jazz waived Juancho Herman Gomez, did not pick up his year for the next year. We'll discuss that. Daniel House, who the Jazz had interest in bringing back, signed a two-year, about eight million dollar deal with the Houston Rock. Excuse me, with the Houston Rockets, the Philadelphia 76ers under Daryl Morey. He went back to Daryl Morey. Um, Congratulations to Daniel House. He absolutely rebuilt his career while he was in Utah. Um, so the Jazz let Joe Ingles, who was not a part of our team, but a part of our hearts, has signed with Milwaukee on a one-year mid-level exception deal. I'm stunned at the level of money at that age coming off an ACL. Congratulations to Joe, Renee, and the kids. Um, and he's going to Milwaukee, where I don't think he plays till February or March. So that's a pretty good signing um, for him. So And then nothing happens with the Jazz other five players of interest, right? So Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson. Those are really our five players of interest that are our assets if we're trying to make a deal that did not, none of those got moved. Rudy Gay is still on the roster. That I think is a salary dump or inclusion in a salary at this point. Udoka Azubuke is still on the roster. And Jared Butler is still on the roster. Who is not on the roster, though, also is Trent Forrest and Eric Paschal. The Jazz decided to not pick up the options on both of those two for this upcoming season. Honestly, that's a little surprising, and we'll try to get into that as well. You don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but that's um, that's probably not worthy of, like, headliner. The headliner is that that's it. 
Wait, 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 wait. There was a whole party going on and we didn't get invited. We're on hold with the airlines right now is what I think is happening. When we've heard all of the trade rumors that involve the Utah Jazz, they've involved the following team. And I don't think that rumors are uh, accurate. or I think they're actually generally have some truth to them. And then I also think that they're relatively easily to easy to deduce, if that makes sense. So when we the teams that have been rumored the most involving the Jazz have been Toronto, Miami, Atlanta, and Chicago. Right? Those four are the team this pinky works too. The for those of you on YouTube, I had my finger in a weird position. Don't worry about it. That was a total squirrel moment right there. Oh look, squirrel. Um and if you're new to the show, those happen because this brain just does that. Uh, so those are the four teams that are rumored the most of the day. The two teams that are kind of most often in those rumors have been Indiana and Utah. Indiana with Malcolm Brogdon, with uh, Miles Turner, and wherever they're going. And the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, and the rest. There really has been almost no Boyan Bogdanovich, almost no Jordan Clarkson rumors, which is, I think, equally possible. And it's clear with some of the moves the Jazz made yesterday that this is Danny Ainge putting his stamp on this team for what Will Hardy's going to coach in a way that they differently than what Quinn Snyder and his group valued. Trent Forrest not getting picked up by the Jazz, I actually think was a pretty interesting move in the sense that, like, Danny's in charge now. Because Trent Forrest is a player the Jazz previous coaching staff adored. Um, and so, you know, to, they let, by let it, not picking up that deal, it didn't cost them a lot of money. You, they're opening the door to Jared Butler to get that time and not signing Trent Forrest, or they feel they can re-sign Trent Forrest at another time, but they're willing to risk it. Um so we'll see. Maybe Trent Forrest still comes back. I, I do think he's really liked inside the organization a great deal. All right, but back to this. So what I think's happening right now is that Indiana and Utah are on hold with the airlines because Kevin Durant is causing a pilot shortage. I'm trying to stay with the analogy here. But if anybody's called an airline right now, they literally tell you, call us back in 72 hours, our call vol- or go online and do it. Our call volume is too high, right? Like, if you've called the airlines on anything recently, that's what you... Well, that's basically what the Jazz are getting right now. If they call Toronto and they call Chicago and they call Atlanta and they call Miami is, hey, I'm sorry, our call volume is too high right now because we're on the line to Brooklyn and we need to know what's going on with Brooklyn before we can talk to you and figure out your seat assignment. That's truly what's going on right now is the entire league is right now on hold. Does Kevin Durant go to Phoenix? If Kevin Durant, which I think is the likely scenario, if Kevin Durant doesn't go to Phoenix, then does Kevin Durant end up going to Miami? Well, then Miami doesn't want to make a deal with us. Or is Kevin Durant going to Atlanta, which I think is you know possible. I don't know how it fits with DeJounte Murray and all that, but it's a possibility with John Collins and DeAndre Hunter and Clint Capella, like they could probably build a package. They've given up a lot of draft capital, but I'm not sure Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn doesn't have draft capital because they've given it all up to Houston. But so Atlanta's sitting on hold and waiting to see. Toronto can build a real package for Kevin Durant. Masai Ujiri might decide to do the Kawhi Leonard thing again, where he gets Kawhi Leonard and tries to win a championship, but he's got Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and 
all these pieces that are actually pretty good. He just re-signed Chris Boucher um, that are all pretty good pieces if you're trying to build a Kevin Durant deal. And Chicago has got a pretty good set of pieces if they're trying to build a Kevin Durant deal. And they're all markets, Atlanta, Miami, Chicago, Toronto, who believe that if Kevin Durant goes there for four, with four years on his contract that he'll be as happy as the mercurial Kevin Durant can be and will be and, and they'll be able to keep him. And so I really think the Jazz are literally sitting on hold. They're on hold with the airlines right now. And there's this is the difficulty of NBA trading. Like, there's actually not a lot that the Jazz can do about this. This is the reality of you need two to tango. And I don't know what the deal would be, but if it is involving either Donovan or Rudy, it's significant, and it's all of the same pieces. Um, so I think that that's... You know the wild card um, is the 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 right right away we have on one of our questions is Durant to Utah trade Rudy and Conley for Durant I and we have draft capital maybe I mean what would be interesting I don't think so but here's what's be interesting is if you get on the phone with Durant and you say okay you were in Oklahoma City and then you've done two major markets what worked better for you is there some reason why being in a smaller market actually works better for you. Like, it's worth a phone call. to He's got a, his business manager. Like, that's his guy. And see, is there any reason you want to be back in a smaller market? By the way, it would take Donovan. It would not be Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. Um, and then you have to decide whether you're willing to do that. Um, and the tricky thing is, it actually, I take it back. It can't be Donovan. It has to be Donovan through a third team. Because Donovan can't go to Brooklyn because of the rookie exception uh, that he and Ben Simmons are under. You can't trade for two players in that. So it would have to be some combination of Rudy Gobert in pieces or Donovan through another to another team in pieces moving around. I think it's very, very unlikely, but I know it's on the top of everyone's mind, is why are we on hold? Why aren't we calling Brooklyn? We probably are calling Brooklyn to try to see what you can do there. The fun one just for conversations to take that works on trade machine, but doesn't work in real life is Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, Conley or Clarkson, Rudy Gay, just to throw it in there. Two first round, one or two first round picks. And for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and you build Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and Rudy Gobert together. Can't do it. Doesn't work for league rules. It works on ESPN trade machine. But it doesn't work in real life. So that's where we sit. What does it mean? What deals are possible? What still could happen? We'll touch on that for you on this Friday edition of Locked On Jazz. Plus, why did we move Royce O'Neal and what does it mean for the Utah Jazz? Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. So this is a really, I think this is funny, or at least well, you guys can decide. So I obviously am a spokesperson for Murdoch Hyundai, and I've met the Murdochs many years ago. We we met and um, got together in their office, and I met the whole family, and then I started the sponsorship deal with them, and we've been together for, like I think, five years now. And I can't figure out – it's a great deal for me because, like, they're sponsoring the show, and I'm honored and flattered they believe in me enough. It might be a really good for, deal for them, too. We are on the verge. My wife is going down on Thursday to test drive a car. It will be, if she likes it, it will be the 
third car we have bought from the Hyundais in the time from the Murdochs, not the Hyundais, the Murdochs in the time period in which I've done these sponsorships. At some point, they I have spent more money with them than they have paid me to sponsor. <laughs> um, but I love them. We have bought two Santa Fe's. They've both been great. And we're now looking at the electric Ionic, which is just a fabulous car. I've test I've test driven it already. And uh, he actually test drove for my dad who was looking for a car and he came out and they set it up and then uh, you can't get it. I don't think you can get that one in California You can get it in Utah. So he's going to get it and take it back. And um, I really liked it. So then now all of a sudden it's been like percolating my brain and now things are working out. That might be the right thing. Frankly, my kids are all about to take the other Hyundais with them. And, so anyway, it's the Murdochs are located 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. If you want to go over to see them, dlock09 at gmail.com. I can just tell you, I, you can guess how much research I do on this. It's a whole hell of a lot. And uh, there's just no question that the Hyundai is the right purchase for the right price with the most bells and whistles and the most safety features. It's kind of great. So feel free to go check it out. Today's show is also brought to you by Arcade One Up. Boom! Shakalaka! That's right. The new Shaq initiative NBA Jam is out in one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams with no fouls, no free throws, no quarters required anymore. Now you have all the new features of all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. You can pre-order NBA Jam Shaq edition from Arcade One Up. That's Arcade, the number one up.com for estimated early September ship date. Arcade One Up is the place for fun. They've got classics like Golden Tee and Mortal Kombat and many others starting at just $3.99. Check it out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition as well to a Locked On listener. Enter for your chance to win a game console uh, for your downstairs man cave, woman cave, whatever it might be, at arcadeoneup.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter the NBA Jam Shaq edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you playing with? All right. So thank you very much for listening to Locked on Jazz. Huge live audience today. We greatly appreciate it. Um, From downtown, says Jumpman James. Yes. Um, So I'll get to your questions. Appreciate them coming in. Uh, Thank you for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, for you with all the latest on the Utah Jazz. Usually 30 minutes, bite size, get it in, get it out, get everything you need to know, go to the barbecue and feel good about yourself. Um, and then don't talk to people about that. Talk like Supreme Court decisions. It'll go over. Oh, no, it actually won't. It will go over really badly. Talk jazz. Okay. So we traded. So what is next? The last rumor before the trade deadline was that Chicago was willing to include Patrick Williams in a Rudy Gobert deal. Okay. That's beginning to start to get a piece if you like Patrick Williams, if you really feel like you have to make a move, if you're really transitioning and need to get out of the $45 million contracts at the end on Rudy, then you're beginning to have some pieces here if you get some draft capital and maybe you're maybe you're beginning a transition. Rudy's contract in the final two years of his deal is problematic. It might be less problematic today than it was yesterday. And that is that Nikola uh, Jokic, Nikola, Nikola Jokic, not Nikola Vucevic, that's where I was going with the other part of the conversation. Nikola Jokic and others have just signed extensions, which will, when Rudy's in the 40s, they'll now be in the 60s. And everything I am hearing about the new TV deal is 
that it's going to be mammoth and astronomical and that the average, the max salary is going to be up at 70 to 75 and that the average salaries are going to be in the 20s. And so Rudy at 40 is actually la- feels like it's becoming less painful over time. We have not taken a lot of time to address kind of Rudy Gobert, why you would trade him, why you wouldn't. Partially because probably I'm such a huge Rudy Gobert fan, it's hard for me to swallow. And I am the biggest Rudy Gobert fan, and I will uh, continually attest that he is a top 10 most impactful regular season player. But we have two playoffs in a row now in which his defensive impact has been minimized. It is not his fault that we have struggled defensively, and frankly, we lost offensively because to Dallas, and we lost defensively to the Clippers. But there is no question that the teams that make the playoffs, that you are playing in the playoffs, are better equipped to deal with Rudy Gobert's defensive presence than the regular season run of 29 other teams. That's, at, as, at the biggest Rudy Gobert fan in the planet, that, I think, is 100% true. And I, I don't know that it's Rudy's fault. But that's the truth. Defensively, the teams for the Jets, the teams that make the playoffs, can play mid-range, can play it. They're they're the best elite shooting teams. They can swing it. They can move it. They can spread it. They can play different styles. They pull Rudy out of the middle. He probably can't stay in drop coverage a great deal. He ends up getting switched. And it's not that he can't handle the guy he's guarding. But by being switched, he's being moved to the outside. And then other players are getting exploited who he's been able to cover up for during the regular season, and therefore his defensive value is diminished. And offensively, he's not great. So offensively, his inability to make plays and inability to do things offensively becomes more problematic in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. Those are, it's an up, everyone's warts, get exposed more in the playoffs than in the regular season. We can do the same conversation on Donovan. I'm super concerned for any player, and Jalen Brunson just got $100 million, that's under 6-1. Now, I don't know how fast this is going to happen, but the number one trend that's going to happen in this league is I think within two years, over half of the primary ball handlers in the NBA are going to be 6-8 or taller. There's three of them coming in the draft this year. Paolo Banchero is going to be Orlando's. Luca already is in Dallas. Kevin Durant, wherever he ends up. Like, you start running through the various players in the league, the primary ball handlers are all going to be 6'8 or taller. And if you're a 6'1 guard and you're switching everything, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to get switched at 6'1". I would frankly rather have Rudy Gobert at 7'1 on the ball, a 6'8 ball handler trying to defend out in, than a 6'1 guard. So there's a, like Donovan's got some issues too, right? Like I'm not choosing right now. I'm just explaining. So why, why is this conversation continued? That's why. So in regards to the various trade rumors that are out there, the Patrick Williams, Chicago being able to include Patrick Williams. Chicago should include Patrick Williams. Like no one really is sure on what Patrick Williams is. And they're really certain on what Rudy Gobert is. And Chicago's in a box. So it absolutely makes 100% sense to me that Chicago would include Patrick Williams, and then the Jazz have to decide whether they think Patrick Williams, really what his, what they really believed in him in the draft, and what their scouts and what they believe in, in how good he could be. 
There's another rumor Ian Bagley had out there out of the New York that the Jazz were interested in Gary Trent Jr. So that gets to be a Rudy Gobert, OG Ananobi, and Gary Trent Jr. deal with Toronto that is probably on hold with the airlines until they find out what's going on with Kevin Durant. Gary Trent Jr. is a nice shooter, good player, merging, becoming better. Actually, has it probably has a little bit of an upside, a little longer. Um, you know, does help with our length. Um, you know, positional size is a big thing for Danny Ainge and a big thing for the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz are lacking positional size right now. They, they, they're, they're undersized at every position, basically, other than the center position. And at 6'5", Gary Trent has positional size to play the two. And if the Jazz were to go, if OG Ananobi is the other piece of that puzzle, at 6'7", 232, he has positional size. Now, I don't know what you're doing for, but that's, so there's another one of those rumors, right? John Collins, Kevin Herter is being talked about in other possible rumors um, and is it a John Collins and Kevin Herter with Clint Capella kind of deal? And Kevin Herter is skinny, but he's 6'7", 190. Kind of like him, by the way. Um, think he's got a real chance. He's a in his open, you know, he's 39% from three last year. John Collins is 6'9". He's kind of a defensive mismatch of not being clear what position he is. I'm never quite sure why Atlanta wants to trade him so badly. And then, you know, DeAndre Hunter is the other one that's been mentioned there, and he's got great positional size because he floats at 6'8", 225. He's the dream NBA body. So why would we do these things? That's a little bit of why is because these rumors are out there and these pieces of these puzzles are there, and they're, we're trying to increase positional size and versatility and some of those things. And we right now have no wings on our roster because we traded Royce O'Neal. So why did we trade Royce O'Neal and did any of the West get better? We'll talk about that uh, as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for making us your first listen today. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one home for all your sports betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's uh, Major League Baseball, playoffs, futures for the NBA. There's all sorts of great futures um, for the NBA. Uh, and so go grab those all at Bet Online. Right now, the 2023 NBA championship odds to win an NBA championship at Bet Online have changed. The Phoenix Suns are plus 600 now. The Golden State Warriors are plus 625. Boston is plus 650. The Clippers are plus 700. And Milwaukee's plus 750. So the Phoenix Suns have become the top odds to win an NBA championship right now. Wow. That's a surprise. And that is obviously, unless something's happened while we're talking. Did a deal go down while we were sitting here talking? I don't have all my internet stuff up. Uh, does not look as though that would be. The Knicks have signed a four-year, $60 million deal with Mitchell Robinson. Ricky Rubio has signed a three-year deal with the Cavaliers. Um, Bruce Brown has signed with the Nuggets this morning on a $13 million deal. That has all just happened while I started recording the show. And Gary Payton has gone to a three-year deal to the, to the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. All right, so the 
Jazz trade Royce O'Neal, and they get a first-round draft pick. And this is, in my opinion, a great deal. Um, And here's why. I really believe that from a Jazz standpoint, the number one thing we can't do is allow players' contracts to expire on our hands. We can we don't are going to do a lot in free agency. We're short on draft capital, better after this trade. So really, when we re-sign Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, I hate to say it, but in a roster-building standpoint, non-human element, roster-building standpoint, the first thing you should be doing is looking to trade them and whether you can improve your asset. The very first thing, because that's how we're going to build our roster. So for the Jazz to take Royce O'Neal, that was an undrafted player, get all the value they got out of him, and now get a future first. And we'll see. It's a late first. It's going to be a late. It's going to be a late 20s first. Fine. For Royce O'Neal, to me, is an exceptional deal, just on a pure transaction. The other one that's super weird on Royce O'Neal is what happened to him defensively last year. And I'm still not sure what happened this year. But out of the top 100 screen defenders, two years ago, Royce O'Neal was 17th. Now, Joe Ingles and Mike Conley were both better in that stretch, so maybe you look back at that and you're like, well, he wasn't that good because he was 17th with Rudy Gobert, but he was always guarding the best guy. So I always thought that 17th was pretty great. This year, Royce O'Neal was 92nd out of 100. I'm completely lost on what happened to Royce O'Neal defensively this year. The lack of shooting, the bypassing shots, all the stuff he gets hammered for. I actually don't. It hurts you, but I'm not that concerned about it. The fact that he's not guarded, it hurts you. But the the other fact is that we had so many, too many possessions on our team and so many guys who wanted to shoot, we actually needed someone on the roster who took five shots a game. Now, the fact they didn't guard him and clog Donovan's driving range lanes didn't help. The fact that, like, they didn't guard him and so that when Rudy rolled, he got hit by another guy, that didn't help. But let's not overplay it too much. What was stunning is that his defense became poor last year. Out of the top 100 pick-and-roll defenders in the NBA last year, Royce O'Neal went from 17th to 92nd. That is the whole year it buckled me. My only thought is he had a hip injury or some sort of leg injury, and he's so darn tough he wouldn't tell us. That's, That's the only thing I can come up with on Royce. To me, it literally looked like when he planted his foot, it bounced. Like, he'd put his foot down to change directions, and it would, like, skip and bounce across the ground in a manner that made you one, like, as though he wasn't healthy. And then he couldn't change directions, and then he'd get beat. I don't think we changed our defensive schemes that much. He was still working with Rudy Gobert. It's a grand mystery to me. On the other note, just on a personal note, Royce was always person pleasure, and his mom is the greatest. I'm going to miss Miss Deb a ton. She just brings, she and Alec Burks' parents, are the two people in this families in this business that I've met that just bring a smile to the room. Alec Burks's dad smiles more than any person I've ever met. And the next closest who just brings juice and energy. She doesn't necessarily like a smile's different, but Miss Deb just brings a juice and an energy to every day that I ever saw her. And to me, it's the great one of the greatest skills in the world is that when you see someone and they change your mood. And um to me, that is uh, that is absolutely the uh, the the gift that someone can give uh, any of us in so many different ways. Oops, I didn't want to put that up there. That's not good. I'm trying to block that person. Um, there we go. Sorry. Uh, my apologies on that. 
um, I'm, someone in our chat room um, is trying to uh, override our chat room with garbage and stuff. And so I was trying to block it. And of course, I clicked on it incorrectly because I'm hosting a show. Um, so anyway, uh, that was embarrassing. Sorry about that. If you're on YouTube, you saw it. If not, now you're replaying, going back to see it. Um, wasn't that bad. Um, oops. It's not as bad as, our, for those long timers, it's not as bad as our Google Hangout experience of about probably, well, we've done this for 12, 13 years, of seven or eight years ago. All right. So I think I've laid out that I think we're on hold. I still think something's coming. Um, I don't have any idea what it is. I just laid out the big talk, which is the Rudy stuff. Um, and obviously, uh, there's Boyan and there's Mike and there's Jordan. Like, those are all the pieces of the puzzle. Um, the next piece of the puzzle is, did anyone in the West get better? And I don't know if I think anyone did. Like, if we walk down the Western Conference standings last year, the Phoenix Suns obviously bet online, thinks that's where Kevin Durant's going, and then they did just get better. The Memphis Grizzlies last, yesterday lost Jaron Jackson for four to six months in a massively important deal that he's out to start the regular season on a foot injury. And they've also lost Kyle Anderson and um, uh, DeAndre Melton, which they knew they were going to lose and they planned for perfectly. Give them great credit. Max has done a great job there. Golden State lost Juan Toscano Anderson and Gary Payton, which don't really matter in the sense that they have Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman coming, but I'm hearing they may have a hard time keeping Looney and that would really hurt them. So I don't think Golden State got better. I think they're prepared for it. I don't think they got better. Memphis, I don't think they got better. I think they're prepared for it. Dallas signed JaVel McGee, lost Jalen Brunson, and I thought they, Dallas might have signed one other player whose name is escaping me um, right now, and they traded for Christian Wood. I'm not sure that they got better. Um JaVale McGee's actually really good. They lost Jalen Brunson, which really matters to them. And they lost Boban, which is kind of their energy and their juice to who they were um, chemistry-wise. So, I, you know, did they get worse? Probably not. I, Christian Wood's a character, though. Uh, we did not get better. Denver traded Monty Morris and Will Barton for Ish Smith, who's not particularly good, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who is but I don't think they got better. I think they saved money. They paid Nikola Jokic the bag. And then Denver signed Bruce Brown just now, which is nice, but it's kind of Royce O'Neal there. Wait one second. I got to go get some of our door. Sorry about that. This is what happens when you're doing things on the road and like that. Um, so, you know, I think Bruce Brown's nice, but he really not natural. Minnesota did some interesting things and might have gotten a little bit better. I like Kyle Anderson. He's a great plus minus player. New Orleans has embedded themselves for the rest of their lives with Zion Williamson, which I think is probably a mistake. The Clippers are loaded, but they lost Isaiah Harkenstein to the Knicks. The Spurs have not gotten better. <clears throat> and the Kings made maybe the biggest splash with Malik Monk. Um, and will be interesting to see what they have whether they actually have a roster now. De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell coming off the bench. He replaces Buddy Heald. They got Keegan Murphy. We'll see. And Portland with Jeremy Grant and Gary Payton have probably gotten better. So we'll go with, but they gave Anthony Simons $100 million on a player that I'm not convinced is actually good yet. So honestly, 
I don't know um, whether or not anyone in the West actually got better yet, which is really interesting because the West is usually the one loaded. Now, obviously, Bet Online sees Kevin Durant going to Phoenix and right now as the most likely scenario, and then they do get way better. All right, it is Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. Locked on NBA is loaded with content. We've got clips on every signing for you as well. If you go check out the Locked on NBA YouTube page um, for a quick analysis, Antonio Daniels, our NBA expert, joined us for a bunch of stories last night at Locked on NBA as well. There's just a ton of content um, there. Ryan Madsen points out that Dallas got Tim Hardaway Jr. back, and I'm not sure what I think of that, which makes things um, kind of interesting. All right, have a great one. Talk to you soon.